Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Straight to the point this week, because we had a straight to the point episode. There's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of moving parts. We're recording on a Wednesday because uh, daylight savings time took over. Uh, Miles, how are you? I'm good, Nolan. How are you? You had a little bit of a little bit of razzle dazzle in your intro today. Make me oh. want to go rope a steer. A little bit of pip my step. A little bit of a little bit of ye- a little bit of twang in your twangle. I don't know. A little know. bit of Monica on the run. Uh, <laughs> I don't, don't know the word. A little bit of Erica by my side. side. A, little a little bit, bit of Rita's of... all I need. Uh, you cut me off because I was gonna go a little bit of Leon's all. Oh, I need. Oh, that's a and good it was one. Gonna be really funny. It would have only... been funny. The only reason why I went with Rita is because uh, my auntie Rita has never made me forget that that that's the line in the song. Um, oh. It's been like, it's been over twenty years, and I still hear that every time either my mom hears it on the radio or my auntie Rita's in the room with us, and she'll be a little bit of Rita's, and I'm like, okay, okay that's enough. We are that, done with that. No, that's rock star. You gotta let you gotta drag that out. So our family has something similar. My aunt Cindy. Lover, great lady, fantastic, great name. Great name. Um, her daughter's name is Stacy. Oh, so she is Stacy's mom. So every wedding, every Fuchs family wedding that she's at, will play the Fountains of Wayne hit Stacy's mom, and she'll uh, she'll troll around the D four, just absolutely getting people out of their seats. So um, yeah, shout out, shout out to having your name in a song. Do you I have like- any? Do you have any no whistles? Any uh, that come to mind? Uh, no, I, I, I actually like any, any songs that have Nolan in the title or just like, say like, Hey, Nolan, you're hot or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, miles, I hate to break it to you, but I've been, uh, been cursed with the name. I shouldn't say cursed with the name Nolan because I like my name actually. Um, but there, there's nothing really in popular culture that fits with my name, unfortunately. Um, you, you are very much a Nolan, though. Hey, like I look at you, I'm like that guy's a Nolan. What a fucking dork! No, like you're just you're just a Nolan. Like your name suits you. Like you ever meet somebody and it's like, oh yeah, that's you know that's um, Greg, and you're like, that's to, not fu- that's not Greg. To be f- to be fair, you are a hard Miles. Like you are the, exactly what I think of when I hear the name Miles. Uh, I feel like that's I've I've swayed a lot of people's opinions of a Miles because most people don't know a Miles. Um, to answer well, my own question, sorry, I'm gonna yeah keep go going no go second, on yeah I'm, yeah go on. <laughs> um, to answer my own question, the only song that it has like a Miles in it, and this is a stretch, oh. is um, which one? Uh, I would a thousand, walk a thousand, thousand miles. No. Um, I was thinking of the one, um, the who song where they're like, I could see from miles Miles and miles. miles. Yeah. (laughs) But they're, they're talking about distance and I'm a person. So Um, that doesn't work. Well, see the thing I was going to say about like a miles is like, um, when I hear that, when I hear that name, I think of like a smart bro, (laughs) like a bro that like has his shit together is like a good dude. Dude, thank you, bro. But just like, but but can put back the can put back the beers. <laughs> I love I, I love making Miles snicker while he's while he's sipping out of his protein cup. Yeah, it's, that's the other. So I've come. Th- okay, fuck it. Um, <laughs> intro time, Nolan. And it's funny that we're talking about names because this seamlessly transitions into what I wanted to talk about today for an intro. So, um. As some of you may know, I've, I've owned a house for a little bit of time. And one of the things that comes with owning a home is having neighbors. Now, sometimes your neighbors are sick and sometimes your neighbors suck. 
and I've been very lucky. The neighbors to the right of me are like to the max sick. Like these people are awesome. He snow blows out my driveway in the winter. Like um, I have them over for like burgers sometimes if they're in their backyard. Like we'll have a couple beers together. They're deadly. They're like a like a 50 year old couple. They very much remind me of like my parents and like they have kids my age and we all hang out. We get along really well. Would you believe if I told you that I've lived here for like two years and I do not know their names? That doesn't surprise me, believe it or not. <laughs> it's tough, man. It's tough because they know my name. They're like, hey, Miles, how's it going? Good, beautiful morning today, Miles. And I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. Like, I'm just thinking of a way that I can like, and I've, dude, I've done my homework. So they, they own a business. And I've checked their website to see if they say like our founders, like Lisa and Tim have been running the business for blah, blah, blah years because like I am, I am grasping at straws at this point. Like I've had people over and like introduce them to them and they're just like, oh yeah, how's it going? Like I'm Miles' neighbor and they don't even say their name. Like I think that they're, I think they know that I don't know at this point, <laughs> but I have a break in the case because today you I was chipping. Mail. No, no, I, even better, even better. I heard it from the horse's mouth. I was, uh. <laughs> I was chipping away at some ice. I'm making a, a waterway, a little, little weekend project out so that the, uh, the water can drain into the storm drain, right? Get rid of the lake outside of my house. And uh, buddy comes up to me. I'm saying buddy because I don't know his fucking name. Comes up to me and he's telling me, we're just chatting or whatever, right? And he talks and he's like, oh yeah, Brenda was saying that we should go on a trip. We haven't been on a trip since COVID started. So I'm like, Brenda, like I am halfway there. Whoa my neighbor's over there. So I just need to figure out what his name is and then I'm good. And I don't have to ever admit the fact that I didn't know, didn't re like remember their names when we, they first introduced themselves to me. Dude, just check a hand of the yellow pages and just see what happens. Dude, who has a phone book? Oh my God, Miles. Are you, are you like, are, are you stupid or are you deaf? Christina? Anyways, um, <laughs> are you, <laughs> Do, do you not know 411? 411? Yeah, 411. Like literally just go on the website. I used to do that with all my friends when I was like 10 when I was like 10 years old. I'd search up their last name and be like, "Oh, that's where they live." Dude, I don't know their last name. Oh, okay, well, Dude, search up their address. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess it would be similar to Okay, that's a good idea. That is actually yeah. a good idea. Um and they're they, old, so it'll probably still be there. They probably haven't gone to safe search yet. Privacy I know that I know that we're almost ten minutes in and we still haven't like actually started an intro yet, but um, I can actually kind of relate to that a little bit. And it was more of like how fucking stupid can Nolan be? So, uh, friend of the show, Sam Chi. We won't give away her name. Just kidding. It's Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Um, so I thought the, it was Sam. I'm sorry. The, the first. So uh, the we we try to go to their or to her parents' house for New Year's because they throw like a really banging New Year's party like. Lots of great food, spinach dip, brie, shout out Cassandra. And <laughs> anyways, so this so this first, I think it was either New Year's or Thanksgiving that I went over there. And her dad is talking to me and her dad's like one of the nicest human beings I've ever met. Salt of the earth guy, always asking how you're doing, asking how work is going, everything like that. It's just, just a sweetheart. Shout out Jerry. And... <laughs> probably like <laughs> i'm giving away so much so much identity right now but so anyways he tells me about about how he uh like this first time that i met him at how he worked at or how he worked at the lcbo for like 25 years or something like that it was probably even longer than that 
Um, and then he was like, oh yeah, like I recently retired and now I'm just kind of into doing like freelance woodworking stuff. Cause of, of course he, of course he's like a woodworker, right? Oh yeah. Jerry, Jerry knows yeah. how, knows his way around a, hundred, around hundred, a, a groove cut. Hun- 110%. Like just, uh, smells like nice pine and oak. Um, 24 seven. Just kidding. Anyways, what the fuck do you think I ask him at the very next new year's? What's your name, buddy? No, how's work at the LCBO going? Oh, shoot. And he's like, oh, I've actually been retired there. And I'm like, oh, my God, you did tell me that. I am so sorry. You know what, man? That's a fair, that's, that's a fair mistake. Um, and, like, especially if somebody's worked there for 25 years, like, they're probably used to answering that multiple times. Like, you can't, can't get mad at your, your kid's friend for not knowing, like, exactly. Like, when was the last time you saw him before that? At the party or did you see him in between? It would have it would have been the previous year's party. Yeah. Oh, dude, st- statute of limitations has passed. You're good. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Yeah, it's more of it's more along the lines of I'm not um, when it goes to like when it comes to going to social functions, I try. I've I've started to try more now because I never used to be like this, but I always used to, or I I've been recently trying to start remembering things about people and asking them how like work is going and stuff. I, it, I know that that's very weird, uh, like a very weird concept to imagine me being like a considerate individual, <laughs> but, but it's, it's also just, I'm, I'm trying to make myself less awkward and maybe more like stand out in a crowd sort of thing and like ask people how they're doing and all that. Yada, yada, yada. It's, it's all a part of this long, uh, long journey to become more charismatic. But anyways, yeah. I, I, I decide to finally ask how someone's work is going that I remember, and I'm a f- fucking dipshit. No, you're just, you made a, a, a little mistake. It's all part of the pro, uh, it's all part of the plan to becoming more of a interpersonal uh, individual, Nolan. And that's something that I'm proud of you. We're always bettering ourselves. We're never satisfied. There is one thing I wanted to say, though. Um, and this might go back to your basic bro analogy of me from earlier, but like, does your part, does your party sick? Does your, is your, does your party slap or suck? Uh, I don't know. Did they have Brie at the table? Dude, the, fr- I th- no, it was the second new year's party. I went to there miles. I got so drunk that I put my fingers into the Brie and was Aww. pulling pieces of the Brie out and eating them sitting on the floor. So it doesn't matter like how interper like I I don't think Nolan that um their memory of you from that night is like forgetting that he was retired it's probably that you <laughs> sat full Johnny Cash and ate like melted cheese with your bare hands that's what they're going to remember do I show any regrets of it absolutely not and do I show any regrets of transitioning this into our episode today, Miles, because we're 11 minutes in. Let's go. I'm having fun. Um, yeah, Nolan, episode time. Boop, 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 boop. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about the games versus the Washington Capitals, the back-to-back Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Detroit Red Wings last night, which has a hell of a title uh, that I can um, spiritually <laughs> agree with. Once we get through <laughs> recapping those games, we are going to move into some major Oilers talk. There's been a lot of player personnel changes. There's also the looming trade deadline where Nolan and I are going to make some uh, 
oh, I almost burped. That would have been nasty. Um, make some predictions, talk about some needs, and just kind of look at the trade market overall. Uh, and then we'll move into the NHL. A few things going on there. Some players that have been re-signed, some players that are on their way in and out. And uh, recapping the 1,000th outdoor game of the season, the Tim Hortons Heritage Classic in Hamilton. Uh, so with that out of the way, Nolan, why don't you kick us off? Take us back in your little time machine to last week when I was in Speedy Creek, Saskatchewan, watching the Oilers take on the Capitals. How many beers did you have any at this point? Uh, I had two. Went to the oh. Baston Pizza in Saskatchewan oh! and uh, split a plate, split split some wings with my old man. Had a couple beers because we were there for some work training. Did you guys get Bandera bread? No, just uh, split the wings, and then I got a chicken sandwich and a garden salad because I'm just the absolute pinnacle of health. Man, I'm going back to Regina at the end of August, and the thing I need more than anything is a trip to BP's with my pal Miles. Oh, do you remember? Do you remember that one? We're 11 minutes in the episode. We haven't talked about hockey. Who remember, gives a shit? Do you remember the one night we went there with a group of people? I don't think any of them are still listen to the pod or are friends with us still, but and this is probably <laughs> why. When he was throwing shot glasses into the parking lot. What? Yeah. You don't remember that? No. <laughs> oh, maybe that. Uh, yeah, dude, he was launching shot glasses into the parking lot at the East Boston Pizza. It was one of the, the one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. One of the most careless displays of social consciousness was that to the date. Was that the time I made fun of the guy because for he liking G Easy? G Easy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such uh, an asshole. That was one, um, so uncomfortable. <laughs> Because the guy, the guy was completely, was completely out to lunch. He did not realize that I was making fun of G-Eazy. Oh, what if, what if G-Eazy would be at that music festival? I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) I don't talk like that. Stop. (laughs) Oilers Capitals, Nolan. It was a hell of a game. Uh, We were nervous because the Oilers were coming off of, of a, we're coming into a very important part of the schedule. Uh, Nolan predicted they were going to go two and zero. Oh. I predicted they were going to go one and one. And this was the game that I thought they were going to lose. Uh, and it turns out that something that that, that that the Lord had other plans in mind. Ovechkin was knocking on the door of setting the record for, or uh, moving up on the goals list. Uh, Nicholas Backstrom was playing in like well, the, it was like their thousandth and first game together or something like that. So very cool in that regard. Uh, but why don't you take us through what happened, Nolan? First period, second period, third period. It was a game. People were watching. It was a thing that happened. Uh, well, the the biggest storyline of this game is um, the $3.2 million man, Zach Cassian, back in the lineup, wearing a bubble on his face. Um, a fishbowl. A fishbowl, as they might say. Speaking he, of Boston pizza. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I was hoping that Zach Cassian under Jay Woodcroft would come out and look like... Uh, look like um, I don't know, prime like Cam Neely or something, because I was prepared to, I was prepared to put like a, or put a tweet out on the one for one Twitter account, which was comparing Zach Cassian in the bubble to um, LeBron James wearing like the black mask when he got, fa- <laughs> when he got facial damage. But um, I mean, one assist, you, you, you can say it's similar, but um, no. Uh, so this it was, was a pretty nice little play setup, though. Oh yeah, so I, I guess we're kind of uh, I guess we're kind of burying the lead here, but uh, but a- anyways, um, yeah, good back and forth game for the Oilers. Um, but uh, in the second period, 
Nick Backstrom gets it started off one nothing. Dude, Nick Backstrom has five goals this year. Yeah, he's he like I think like his he never scores though. Chris he Cross just, applesauce. He's he the assist boy. He just racks up the assists. Um, Still, dude, five goals. He has two more than Cody Cece. <laughs> You do not, you do not talk down, talk slander about Codeth CC, Codeth CC of Ottawa, Sir, Sir Codeth CC of Ottawa, uh, the heir to the what the hell's like Ottawa company, uh, the the Canadian Parliament Empire. <laughs> Uh, then, uh, uh, the new look Oilers power play with Kyler Yamamoto and the net front presence. I know that seems like kind of an oxymoron, uh, scores to make it to, so, scores to nab his 12th of the year. And then Cody CC. Agent Cody Banks. Agent Cody Banks, Cody CC, once again, of Canadian Tire Canada Corporations, uh, scores his third of the season from Brad Malone and Derek Ryan. That's a Hard working goal. Sergeant Malone. <laughs> Private Malone. Then of the third period, uh, TJ Oshi, uh, unfortunately, um, gets a PPG. Yeah, doesn't, uh, doesn't, uh, make Philip Broberg look too, too, too good, uh, and scores his seventh of the season. And then, uh, Sergeant Brad Malone again gets his first gets his first goal since I believe it 2015 is his first goal in seven years. Oh my god! Kind of insane, um, <laughs> Sergeant. But ultimately, the story of this game, Miles, and uh, this got a lot of people talking. And uh, needless to say, I was not too 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 happy in the moment either because I was really happy about this game. I was really happy about the turnout. The boys were looking good. The boys were buzzing and what happens with the net empty and like a minute left in the game Zach Hyman is basically on a breakaway about to go seal it with the empty net goal and what happens well Captain Alexander Ovechkin cranky that he hasn't pat or uh, that he hasn't moved into third all time in the goal scoring list decides he's going to blatantly hook Zach Hyman and it goes uncalled um garbage 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 call and this set off a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of reactions on Twitter and uh, in sports media and people to saying that that was quite possibly the worst um, infraction not called in the history of hockey which a little bit of hyperbole but um, it's that's uh, that's pretty bad that's uh that's it's not great and at that point you know I I had a little bit of faith but at the same time I said I swear to God if the Capitals score and tie this game up, um, that's going to suck. And lo and behold, with... Two seconds left? No, even less than that. 1.7? I believe it was actually 0.08. Disgust. With 0.08 left on the clock, TJ Oshie ties it up 3-3. We're off to overtime. is going to overtime. And... Uh... Yeah, after a couple back and forth chances, three minutes into the in, into the overtime period, Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid on a two on one. Connor McDavid has the puck. Well, what's he gonna do? Is he gonna pass it over to Leon Dreisaitl? No, he snipes it on Ilya Samsonov to win the game in overtime. Um, by the way, Ilya Samsonov phenomenal in this game. Um, I was excited because I I said, oh, we we don't have to face off against what Vitek Vanacek, so um. 
that cer- certainly that means that the shots will be in our favor. And the Oilers, after the first period, had the shots going 20-9, to which is pretty ridiculous. Um, but no, Vitek Vanacek was phenomenal in this game. Um, there was a... Samsonov played. Or sorry, that's, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, Samsonov, yeah. Have a water, eh? Yeah, well, <laughs> going right here. What's <laughs> <laughs> oh, a Bud Light? Uh-huh. Uh, Thirty-six saves, good for a point nine oh oh save percentage. But like, it's more about in this case, it's more about the timeliness of the save, the saves than the numbers. Uh, jumping off the page at you, he did play a very very good game. McDavid coming down in overtime with Drysaitel, looking him off, 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 stick handling, stick handling, stick handling, and then potting it was absolutely poetic, delicious to see. Some people are even describing that as a yucky goal. Oilers lost the faceoff battle 27 to 34, so they won 44% of the draws. Both teams were one for four on the power play. The Oilers outhit the Capitals 21 to 19, and it was 40 to 32 for your Edmonton Oilers in the shots department. McDavid, Malone, Oshie are three stars in that order. Thank you, Sergeant. Good game. Oilers, on to the next one. Should we uh, should we quickly mention what Connor McDavid said after uh, after the game on his you, TNT interview? TNT. He called Leon Dreisel his ride or die. He also his hug with Koskinen at center ice was unbelievable too. Dude, the 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 Koskinen teammate vibes are immaculate oh, right the now. boys love him hey the, yeah they absolutely cherish this man and uh we'll get into just how good miko koskinen has been uh he had a bit of a tough night last night but I don't, I don't i don't really pin a lot of that on him and that's the difference between having um competent goaltending and um mike smith we'll get to him well, we we will get to him. Um, one for, one for one bingo drink every time. We'll say we'll get to that. Well, the Oilers ended up saving their best game for the def- the back to back defending Stanley Cup champions hockey night in Canada. The late game, of course. I was uh, with friend of the show Jay. Shout out Jay. Joe. Shout out lawyer Jay. Yeah, Jay. Yeah, 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 Jay. And. My goodness, I'm a little sad I didn't get to watch this entire thing. But um, yeah, this was a, a hell of a game. Miles, do 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 you wanna do you wanna get it started off? I would love to, and I enjoy. I watch this game with some friends as well, some friends of the show. So shout out to Steve, Dylan, Jaden, Ramey, and Adrian. Boys had a nice one that day. We were uh, working on my closet, Adrian and I, and then. Uh, ended up ordering some pizza and had a beer. And then we're like, ah, what are some of the guys doing? And they were already kind of hanging out. So then they ended up coming over to my place and we we watched a bit of the game. So it was uh, um, sporadic, I would say. Certainly wasn't like expecting it to go down the way that it did, but ended up crushing a couple beers and watching a really, really entertaining hockey game. Uh, coming into this game, Vasilevsky was not playing. It was uh, former. Okay, when I say Brian Elliott, what team would come to mind first for you? Uh, St. Louis. He's a blue, right? Yeah. Yeah. They these guys were making jokes about like oh like Flyers legend and like Flames legend and all this. And it was just <laughs> funny. I'm like what? like Sens legend. And I'm like oh yeah, he's a bit of a suitcase. Like Brian Elliott's been around he's eh? also the oldest looking man uh since he entered the league like i remember him being 25 years old and i said this man looks like he's 38 and you know what he's 36 so (laughs) 
Still got a couple. Two, drafted in 2003. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, he was goodness. he was one of those like seventh round guys where the the like the fruits of the 2003 draft were were still I don't know what the the, the fruits were looming. Is being that what plucked. It was? They being were being. Plucked? They, they were weren't loo- quite. They weren't I, quite ripe. The yeah. They sure. weren't quite ripe. Yeah, I, a couple of real English majors here. Um, but I remember when <laughs> guys like Shea Weber and like uh, Patrice Bergeron and Ryan Getzlaff were all were all already established, and then out of the blue, here comes Ryan Elliott, and it's just another another feather in the cap of the 2003 draft class. Speaking of feathers in the cap, Nolan. Connor McDavid starts this game off uh, with the first goal of the game, his 31st of the year, assisted by Yamamoto and Tyson Berry. Um, was that the one he burned Victor Hedman on? That was uh, the one he burned Victor Hedman on. It certainly was, because it was the unbelievable selly afterwards, too. Oh, yeah. So fantastic individual effort. Makes Victor Hedman a two-time Norris winner? Uh, no, I think he's just a one. Oh, yeah, just a one. Two-time Stanley Cup champion, one-time Norris winning defenseman, like one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Look like he's standing still, tucks it, one nothing Oilers. Uh, not to be outdone, though, by himself, uh, with 45 seconds left in the second period, Connor McDavid scores on the power play, his 32nd of the year from Dreisaitl and Barry. That's two points for Barry if you're paying attention at home. Uh, shows that he has one of the most underrated shots in the NHL and goes absolutely top shelf on Brian Elliott, blocker side, 2 nothing Oilers. Uh, that he's, he's had two ridiculous snipes against the Lightning in the past couple games that they play in. I know ridiculous snipes makes me sound like I'm eight and I'm talking about playing hockey, but like, I don't know what else you describe those as. Those were two rockets. Net netting net seeking missiles he, off the CCM. So he's been kind of off the last little while, and a lot of people have been kind of wondering if he was injured or if he's been sick or what's been going on. Apparently, there's been a pretty big flu bug going around through the Oilers uh, hockey club, including uh, Jay Woodcroft, who uh, I noticed today was chomping on a halls while he was doing his presser. <laughs> you could he, like you can literally hear him in the microphone. Going, <laughs> Oh, well, you know, Tyler Benson, I really respect him a lot. And <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, I, there's not much else to say. I mean, the the crazy part about this game is that the Oilers just were getting chances after chance after chance after chance after chance. Um, this was a very clear, like, expected goals, like, coursey, underlying numbers. The the analytic gods loved this game for the Oilers. Um but in the third period, do, do you remember this goal at all, Miles? Uh, I remember who scored it because I'm so, looking at it right now. But was that just a rip from the point? So, I no, it was Zach Bogosian coming down on the wing. And it was they entered the zone and who and, and who was on the ice while it was my it was my favorite line of the Edmonton Oilers, uh Zach Cassian, Josh Archibald, and Brad Malone. By the welcome, way. Welcome back, Josh Archibald, by the way. Wash welcome back, Josh Archibald. Um and so in classic Josh Archibald fashion, flies over to the other wing, goes for the big hit, misses the hit, um, leaving his wing wide open. Uh, and this is after a Tyson Berry turnover. Um, so that's great. Tyson Berry turnover. Jo- Josh Archibald leaves his wing, allows for uh, Zach Bogosian to go completely untouched, snipes it on Miko Koskinen. 
this is what I did not miss about Josh Archibald. Because, god damn it, this guy will go for a unnecessarily big hit and leave his wing wide open. And apparently he is supposed to be the defensive conscience on his line. I'm doing <laughs> fingers. But this guy... Oh my fingers. God. Fingers. I really hope that this is all just due to, like, we can move him at the deadline and we can get something back for him because I, I don't want Josh Archibald on this team going into playoffs. Assist on the Zach Bogosian <laughs> goal went to Corey Perry and Patrick Maroon. Oh, those cut deep. Those hurt. Yeah. That's like a knife. Uh, but uh, Leon Dreisaitl with uh, uh, 12 minutes into the third period sprung on a breakaway. Puts the Oilers up 3-1, and Kyler Yamamoto on the empty net gets his 13th of the season to make it 4-1, closing out a dominating win for the Edmonton Oilers. And on the deserve to win meter Miles, do you want to do? Do you want to know what this one? What this one was at? Ah, uh, can I guess? Sure. Was it 69? No, it was like 87% oh, Oilers. Shoot. That's shoot. fucking insane. They were really good. Like they the expected, were really good. the expected goals numbers were like insane, and I know, I know that that's kind of ironic considering I whined about expected goals and underlying numbers like a couple weeks ago. Uh, Oilers won fifty-seven and a half percent of the faceoffs. We'll round that up to fifty-eight. We'll feel better about ourselves. Won one for seven on the power play, which is a bit of a yikes. Uh, had twenty-six to twenty-five hits, so they won that rank as well, and then had forty-nine shots to Tampa Bay's thirty-two. Now, Nolan, as good of a game as this was. Uh, Connor McDavid, your first star, Miko Koskinen, your second, Leon Dreisaitl, your third. Also, shout out to Miko Koskinen in this game 31 saves and a 0.969 save percentage, which is very, very good. Um, but before we get into this game, a little, or there's two things more I want to say about this game. One is Sergachev and his rock star moment because he was out of pocket after that fight. It was outrageous to see what he was doing, outlandish, some might even say. Uh, but I saw on Twitter, there was a disgruntled Flames fan that was talking about how, like, um, you know, when the, when the good teams come to Alberta, they never play their best game. Something in the water. They always play like shit. Those wins aren't real wins. Like uh, Capitals, Knights, Panthers, uh, Lightning, like when they come into town, it's, it's not really a real win. Like something that Edmonton trash water. So um, I don't know if I would say that for sure i don't th this was a bad game from the lightning like i don't i think right from the puck drop they didn't look like the same team that like they were on a road trip they're on a big road swing and i don't think they had the vigor they normally do that being said when they were in sunrise or not sunrise when they were in tampa a couple of weeks ago the oilers were the better team in that game and i think that tampa was playing like its best hockey and they ended up losing that game because of a few mike smith gaffes oh correct? god yeah so, oh yeah you're you're right it, it all comes out in the wash i think that the oilers deserve to win both games against the lightning and split it one one which is something that i can certainly live with and no i don't think that there was something just in the water where the where the lightning played shitty oilers again deserve to win that game outplayed them and and outclassed them in in this contest sergachev yes do you remember what he did i did see i i, I did watch the highlights yes so for those of you who may not have seen, Sergachev is skating to the box after fighting. Did he fight Archibald? I think so, yeah. But yeah, Josh so, Archibald got the like, shit rocked out of yeah, him. Yeah, and like jumped him from behind and just looked like a little spat or monkey. But anyway, Sergachev skates off to the bench. He's beaking. You can hear, like you can read his lips. Like he's calling Archibald a fucking moron. Like you're a loser. Like he's swearing at him. Hilarious. He so should have he he went like this to him. 
No, God. <laughs> you're you're kind of low for where the shot would be, but I mean, I get what you're doing. Yeah, there you go. A little higher up on the that would that would have been that, up, that would have been real real rock star. He he, or he should have done like the rope, the sleeve uh, Dude, uh, gesture at him. I can't remember who it was, but one of the somebody was chirping Tyler Bertuzzi and said, "Go get vaccinated!" Like that yeah, was yeah. in game. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Anyway, um, yeah, talk about some next level personal shit. I'd love to see it. Anyway, Sergachev skates into the box. You can tell he's hot already. Uh, the, the fans are giving it to him, and he puts two fingers to the sky and reminds everybody around the visitors penalty box that he is a two-time stanley cup champion in the most rock star fashion possible after a fight when you're down 3-1 that is incredible yeah i i i i can't i can't fault him man i i cannot fault him at all no that's That's awesome so nuts so sick you're lose. You just you just want to fight. Your team's losing. Great night for you. You're sick. Stuff's not great in the world. Stuff's not great in your homeland. But you skate to the bench and you let everybody know that you have two yeah. Stanley Cup ring plugging your ear. Yeah, you're a sick hockey player. You're one of the better defensemen in the league, and and you are a back to back cup champion. And you're like, and you live deuces. in Florida. You pay yeah. no state tax. You it's nice. You get to wear shorts all the time. Probably, probably always. Probably like ninety five percent of the time hammered have a lambo doing sick stuff bags of money get to go to outlet stores chipotle's right there that's pretty neat tgi fridays um dick sporting goods so you can buy your home gym equipment and work out during the pandemic dude the penny yeah i i i uh i uh, on, on, <laughs> on a side note, that, that, that's one of my that's one of my favorite things that's one of my favorite things on twitter is people referring to it as the panty Panny and hand, Sanny. <laughs> Panny and hand, Sanny. Um, okay. Uh, po- uh, post-Tampa game, uh, a tweet from Bob Stoffer. The king. The king. The and king you know what? And you know what? Bobby looking great. His hair is fucking next level right now. He's looking unbelievable. He's got a fresh haircut. Bobby, he's just, he's glowing. He's honestly glowing right now. Bob, come on the pod. We love you. Out of um, respect for TT Gibb, I'm not going to say anything negative about Bob Stoffer. <laughs> what were you? I say? promised nothing, dude. I promised. Uh, from so from the, from the Twitter account of Bob Stoffer, Miko Koskin is Miko Koskin. So crazy. <laughs> dude, Jack's never going to come on the pod again. <laughs> Oh, we're, never, we're, we're never gonna get louis debrusque <laughs> we're never gonna get gene principe we're never gonna get ken holland we're gonna <laughs> end up getting like mark specter be so sick miko koskinen is that <laughs> what <laughs> what nothing I'm just tell me about, i'm just thinking about if bob stoffer ever came on the podcast i would ask him if he likes a roadhouse king whopper confirmed <laughs> i would do it well, it's a great question, Miles. And uh, <laughs> quite frankly, that's, I think that's a question that Ken Holland will be able to answer for you the, on the trade deadline on, on uh, March 21st. Okay. Uh, Miko Koskinen is now 21 9 and 3 after stopping 31 of 32 shots on goal tonight. Wait, I didn't realize his record was that good. Uh, he is 9 1 and 2 in his last 12 starts with a 927 save percentage. Now, that was after the Tampa game that all has obviously changed since then. Um, but a good boy Koski's looking good, man. Uh, and all I've been asking for is just 
solid goaltending. And that's exactly what he's provided. Even last night, despite the the game we will get to right about now, um, he's been fantastic. Because they needed him to make really good stops last night um, because after last night's game versus the Detroit Red Wings, I need a fucking cigarette after that one. <laughs> Oh, and this is the title at the early portion of the episode at the top of the show that I was saying speaks to me because uh, I was I was not watching this game, Nolan. I'll level with you. I was doing a few things around the house. Uh, had some run and reunion to do. Oh, and- uh, by the way, I wanted to mention to you. Uh, you sent yeah, me a photo. Me, you you sent me a photo of your of your nice new closet. I sent you back a, a message saying, "Looks great, man. Love to see it." And then you just r bombed me. No, I didn't. You absolutely did because I was sitting with Jay and I was like, that was so mean. I'm like, I just told Miles that his closet looked nice and he R bombs me. Dude, no, I didn't. You 100% did. No, I sent you a little smiley face. <laughs> you're in just my trying heart. To say, you're, you're just trying to save face in the pod right now. It's okay. No, dude, in my heart, I did. If I didn't respond, you know, I, I meant to. I appreciate your kind words. I appreciate you. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Miles. It's fine. It's fine. I just think it's funny that <laughs> okay. the Red Wings rolled into town <laughs> and the Oilers needed to win this one. Coming up against three stinky teams, they got to be three dubs at this point in the year. Our favorite player on the Oilers, recently new father Devin Shore, gets his fourth <laughs> of the year. A minute 59 into the game, assisted by Philip Broberg and hardworking Carhartt Derek Ryan. Uh, as Nolan described it, this game, the boys came out. Um, how, what, what did you say? A blazing start. A blazing start. Like because... 420 blaze it. <clears throat> I'm going to be late for English class. Connor McDavid gets his 33rd of the season, assisted by Duncan Keith. Three minutes and 11 seconds into the game. And then Zachary Hyman, who is a children's author, I might add. He scores, is a 100% children's author. Scores his 20th of the season. Is that good? I think that's quite good. I think 20 goals is, is very good. Pretty good. Pretty good for a pretty guy that's good. like pretty good defensively too. Oh, golden Jeez. retriever. Golden retriever of a person. I want to uh, kiss him. <laughs> assist to Donnell Ness and Leon Dreisaitl. Three nothing Oilers. But then Marcus Stahl of Sudbury, Ontario. Hold on a second, Miles. You are ignoring one of the best parts about this, okay? I just wrote this in here. Not even five minutes in, the Oilers were up 3 nothing with six shots on goal. They chased Thomas Grice out of the net, and they showed a little graphic. So you you know when Sportsnet does the uh, does like the time in the offensive zone stat when they mm-hmm. show it. It'll be, so I if I remember correctly, when they showed that stat, it showed like four minutes of offensive zone time for the Oilers and like ten seconds for the Red Wings. It was ridiculous. It was just a clinic. It was it, like it may have been the most dominating performance of an Oilers team for a five minute stretch since game six of Anaheim when they won like uh, like eight two or something like that. Ah, simpler times. But, but yeah, the third goal would trigger a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> I mean, because what happened? Emotions. What happened, Miles? Because Marcus Smith. Sorry, Marcus Smith. Marcus Stahl of Sudbury, Ontario, uh, recently played his thousandth game in the NHL, decides that he's going to be like the best defenseman in the National Hockey League tonight and scores his second of the year. 
Um, and then we'll talk about him a little bit later. Um, yeah, makes it 3-1 Oilers. Yamamoto with about two minutes left in the period, makes it 4-1 Oilers. McDaddy and Barry get the assists on that one. Go to the locker room up 4-1. to one. You got to be feeling pretty good. You got to be feeling like you're in the driver's seat. And they certainly were at this point in time. Second period. Second period. Fan favorite, former Oiler Sam Gagne gets his seventh of the season, an unassisted goal. For those keeping track at home, it is 4-2. After two periods, the Oilers are definitely in the driver's seat, commanding, playing a dominating hockey game. All they really need to do is go out and close this game. Uh, it doesn't need to be flashy. doesn't need to be anything special. We just need some consistency. Um, what and, happened? And by the way, we should mention... Vegas on like a five game losing streak right now, tumbling down the stands like they're Nasty. like uh, um, Inspector Clouseau in an old Pink Panther film falling down a set of stairs. Just a bumbling hey, Nolan, fool of a team. Do you like uh, do you like Tom Petty? No, but I like the Heartbreakers because they're free falling. Uh, so with, with with a win like this, the dominating win like this, they could assert themselves into third place in div- in the division while making up a little bit of ground to maybe go back for second. Probably not first though, because Calgary is really good and they just got even better. Uh, but Miles, what happened next? Well, the third period. Um... I think that they had a little bit of the Russian gas in the room. Russian gas. That's a bad joke to make at this time of year, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Like the Russian players in the KHL are like famous for like doing like IVs before a game and they come out and they're just like crazy good and have not stamina because they're getting pumped full of roids. Yes. That's what I'm talking about in this situation. Not like a war crime. Um, so Philip Zadina scores his eighth of the season on the power play from Nick Letty and another guy whose name I can't pronounce shortly thereafter, uh, like less than a minute later, Mark Stahl gets his second of the game from Gagne and another guy's name I can't pronounce. And we're all tied up at fours. Uh, and it was at this point that I started texting Nolan, what in the world is happening? And we were having a discussion where Nolan said, not like in a Vander Keynes game right now. Not like in the way he's playing. I haven't liked the way he's played for the last little while. I, I which is fair. Which yeah, is fair. I I went I went it's called uh, foreshadowing. I was I was almost gonna actually screenshot that and put it on the one for one Twitter account where I just go lazy, <laughs> <laughs> just lazy with an exclamation mark. Um, but I'm an idiot. Because what happened, Miles? Because <laughs> I said I was like, Evander Kane's gonna muck a two piece tonight. And right after that, he scored. Or did I say that before? Or after he scored his first goal, you said that. Be- you said that after he scored his first goal. So he scores his first goal, his ninth of the season from Yamo and Bush. We love to see it uh, at the four minute mark. So right after Stahl scored, puts the boys back in the driver's seat. Lucas Raymond gets his nineteenth of the season of the season from Dylan Larkin. That's crazy. <laughs> That was going to sound gross for a minute. What? When you said 19th of the season, it sounded like you're about to say 19th of the semen. Good one. (laughs) Fuck you. Jeez joke. (laughs) Thank you for tuning into this episode of One for One. (laughs) This has been the final installment of One for One. (laughs) 
so okay, Lucas Raymond scores his 19th of the year, which is absolutely ridiculous, and it, we're all tied up again. Uh, that's the six minute mark of the. You period. forgot the most important part of that. No, I, no, I, 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 oh, is that the Koski flaw? I wrote, I wrote this in as Miko Koskin and Duncan Keith play patty cakes behind the net, allowing <laughs> Lucas Raymond to tie it up again. Oh no! <laughs> It's, so, it's, I feel bad for Miko because it's like straight up when it rains, it pours. Because, god damn, dude, like, you just want to say, keep in your net for the love of God, please stop it. Stop it now. He, he went to the Mike Smith school of puck handling in between periods again, apparently, but it is what it is. So, for about 10 minutes after that in the third period, it's pretty back and forth. There's chances all around, uh, but it's Warren Fogle who gets his eighth of the year. He's Johnny on the spot uh, from our favorite players, Josh Archibald and Duncan Keith, to make it 6-5 for the Edmonton Oilers. Yuck. Shortly thereafter, uh, Red Wings pull their goalie. They're pressing the Oilers. They've got a power play. Bunch of stuff's going on. I think that was the dry sidle penalty uh, that also got like a cancellation for an embellishment on the other side from the Red Wings player. Um, so... Yeah, lots of emotions there towards the end of the game. Certainly was a photo finish, but ultimately Evander Kane scores with about a minute and nine seconds left in the game on the empty net from Coda CC and the aforementioned Leon Dreisaitl for his 10th of the year and did, in fact, muck a two-piece in this game. 7-5 Oilers, your final score. Not a pretty win. Um, outshot by the Red Wings, lost the like expected goals battle and all that stuff, but at the end of the day, a, w- a win's a win. Um and that's a game you gotta win. Yeah, you, like you have to win that game. And I think ultimately, it's a really good, it's a really good learning experience for them. Like, you gotta come out, and even if you don't play the way you played in the first five minutes for a full sixty, you at least have to give eighty-two percent of that. Just not, not completely take your foot off the gas, um, because yeah, these like these bottom five teams in the NHL are are wanting to ruin your playoff hopes for just about anybody, right? Like they Oh yeah, they love got, to be the spoilers. They've got nothing else to lose. So and and they want these like they're going to play a lot of these really good young guys up and down the lineup. Um I mean, Moritz Siderman, what a game. For, like he's so good. I know he kind of got walked by Zach Hyman on 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 the uh on on the second or no, third goal. Uh but I I'm sorry. I, I know that we've I know that we brought this up before, but this whole like Michael Bunting Calder and Moritz Sider Calder bullshit, like we're not seriously gonna do this where we're gonna give the Calder to Michael Bunting. Like, straight up. I can understand people like I, I can understand the rules and, and and him being inside the rules to win it, but like Moritz Sider is literally playing the one of the hardest positions to play in the NHL. He's like 20 years old, and he's already like a a, a bona fide top pairing defenseman. He's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. You mentioned him getting walked by Hyman, but like it wasn't much long after that that he bounced back and made a beautiful poke check play on McDavid, who was driving oh, the post in his signature yeah. way. Right, so. Yeah, the kid's a freak. He's very, very good at hockey, and he's got a very, very bright future. So Detroit and Stevie Y, I don't know, man. That rebuild is going to be pretty quick. Oh, I think they, like they they've look, got their they've gonna, got their studs. They've got the the centerpieces, and once they get a few of those bad old contracts out of there, not even bad old contracts, but just like underperforming older players, um, it's going to look real good. Yeah, I'm. I I would love to. Detroit. I would love to see them like 
potentially win win the lottery this year if they if they could finally win the lottery and get themselves like a Shane Wright. No, oh. I don't want to talk about that. That'd that be would so be I insane. <laughs> Motor okay. City, mute, mute, Motor City. Burr, 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 burr. Well, Connor McDavid, Mark Stahl, Warren Fogel, your three stars. <laughs> well, uh, uh, speaking of the Red Wings uh, and uh, the history of Detroit, well, let's let, let's talk about Ken Holland. <sighs> you talking about Ken Holland? Yeah, so do I. This isn't very good. Um, okay, so we're going to talk about a little a, a little bit of uh, Oilers deadline stuff. Then we'll get into some overall uh, uh, some overall NHL stuff, and then we'll get out of here. So we'll uh, we'll try and uh, keep it uh, keep it uh, pretty uh, pretty uh, swift, uh, like uh, Swift Current. Take care, uh, brush your hair. Two yeah. times this episode, we're talking about Swift Current. The Board of Tourism is going to have to pay us. I had an ex in Swift Current, and I had to do the drive from Regina. That was not fun. <laughs> That sucks. <laughs> Taylor just went boohoo. Uh, uh, okay. Shout out TT Kim. So a couple of the needs going into the trade deadline this year. Um, as we're recording, it is Wednesday, March 16th, and the trade deadline is Monday, March 21st. A um, couple of things that we are kind of looking at. Um, I think ultimately the forward core is it's it's pretty well okay. Um, what I would like to see is a top four left-handed defenseman, maybe a four through six right-handed defenseman, and if the money could help out, an extra forward would be nice. Uh, preferably, maybe like a center that can take a lot of draws um, and is pretty good in his own end. So I know that that's obviously asking for a lot. The Oilers will obviously not be able to get a lot of that, um, but even just one of those will make a massive difference. Uh, currently scouting lately, the Oilers have been looking at Philadelphia, Winnipeg, Montreal, and a few more teams. Uh, I think, uh, I, th- I think Winnipeg is, is the one that they've, well, actually Winnipeg and Philadelphia are the ones that they've looked at the most. Philly is probably the most logical trade candidate and we'll get to who I think they, uh, who I think they're going to be going after. Um, before we get to the actual trade deadline stuff, uh, Tyler Benson on waivers today, which... I really hope he doesn't get claimed because, but at this point, if if Jay Woodcroft is not willing to play him, I think it's just as much as we've propped up Tyler Benson and want him to get better and want him to get better opportunities, it, it just he just may not be an NHL player, and it sucks to say, but that just might be it. Uh, Philip Broberg sent down because it's looking like Chris Russell and. There you go. We'll be back in tomorrow while Ryan McLeod will be moved down the lineup. It was looking like he was playing with Josh Archibald, yuck, and Zach Cassie, and yuck today. Hopefully, there's hopefully we can maybe move some stuff around. Um, but ultimately, going back to what I was initially going to be talking about with the trade deadline stuff, uh, Ryan Rashog of TSN believes the Oilers will only make a small move on the back end, mostly like a 5-7 to seven left-handed defenseman, which is kind of discouraging, especially with the amount of moves that every other team in this team, or every other team in this league can make while we're stuck with uh, bad contracts up and down the lineup and a general manager that is far too uncreative to move things around. Um, now, with the targets and with a, couple of, uh, with a couple of little notes from today, so Mark Spector, boo, mentions the possibilities of Justin Braun, Carson Soucy, and Arturi Lekkonen. We know a lot about, a lot about him. 
uh, as potential trade candidates because uh, a couple of the assets that he mentioned were uh, Tyson Berry, Josh Archibald. Once again, as much as I do not want Josh Archibald on this team uh, going into the playoffs, it is potentially looking like they are trying to audition him a little bit so that teams can see, oh, he is up to speed. And then trade him for like a seventh round pick, which would be fantastic. Uh, and guys like Dmitry Samarukov as potential uh, useful prospects in said deals. Um, Justin Braun, right-handed defenseman, 6'2", 203 pounds, 35 years old, has five goals for 15 points in 59 games while playing 20 minutes a night and a plus three on a dog shit Philadelphia team has a cap hit of $1.8 million is an expiring contract this year. This is the guy that I want more than anything. Um, I think that that's exactly the piece you need to plug in potentially next to a Darnell nurse. Um, maybe even next to a guy like Philip Broberg if he gets called up. Um, just, a, just a nice defensive conscience on the back end and somebody that can really help out. And he's used to playing big minutes right now. Um, Carson Soucy, left-handed defenseman, 6'5", 211 pounds, 27 years old, and, hailing f- and an Alberta boy at heart. Uh, has seven goals, 14 points in 43 games while playing 17 minutes a night and a plus 10 on uh, an also very bad Seattle Kraken team and has a cap hit of $2.75 million. Now, this is a guy that has another year left on the deal, so a guy that you're not only taking for this playoff run, but potentially for one next season as well. And finally, that's a, good, that's a decent little contract. Too. Oh, that's, that's, that. that's, that's phenomenal. I, I really like Carson Soucy as well. Um, that's a guy that can, can, can play in multiple situations. Where did he come from? Uh, he was on Minnesota and then he got taken, uh, in the expansion draft by Minnesota. Seattle. Right. He was yeah. there. Lauder- yeah. Yeah. You bet. Um, and then for the, I was, I wasn't asking for myself. I was asking for people at home who might not know because I knew I was, I knew right away. Oh well, Miles, you're you're uh, you're what they call a genius bar, like the <laughs> Apple Store genius bar. And then the final player on this list, uh, a forward, uh, winger Arturi Lekkinen, six feet, one hundred and seventy six pounds, twenty six years old, has thirteen goals and twenty eight points in fifty six games. He's like a middle six forward, tough on pucks. He can score the big goal if needed. Uh, and has a cap hit of $2.3 million while being an RFA at the end of the year. I've mentioned this guy before. He, for some reason, last year kept on scoring goals against the Oilers, and it was a goddamn nightmare, and I hated it so much. Um, but this could be another very useful player um, and somebody that I, I think would, would really make this team a hell of a lot better and a hell of a lot more deep. Um, I would say that he's a bit more of a... Uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Luxury at this point. Um, and then finally, one to mention this as well. Uh, ben Pope, the beat ro- the beat reporter uh, for the Chicago Blackhawks, noted that Anaheim and Edmonton were contenders for Dominic Kubalik and that they were entering very major trade negotiations. Kubalik, who has 11 goals and 21 points in 61 games this season and is a former 30-goal scorer, but this was shot down by Ryan Rashog tonight. He does not believe that the Oilers will be pulling the trigger on a move for Dominic Kubalik because it does not make a lot of sense because they still have way more holes in the roster than a middle six forward. <sighs> Miles, what do you have to say? Out of all these guys, I think the fit that I would probably like the best would be Susie. 
Um, Susie or Braun, because I've said it before, I'll say it again. I think that this team needs a defenseman. I think that that's the piece that they should be going for. Um, and I've been beaten. If you want to, if you think I'm kidding, if you think I'm fibbing, I've been saying for probably the past four or five episodes that goaltending isn't the problem and that they should be looking for a defenseman. So one of those two that you've named or, you know, uh, who, whomstever, um, whomstever Ken Holland thinks is the, is the right puzzle piece here, because ultimately we can speculate as much as we want, but we have to deal with the fact that our GM is geriatric and may do whatever he thinks is fit uh, is a real possibility. But one of those two guys would be my preferred piece. Uh, Lekkonen could be a player too, like just from what you have here, Nolan Lekkonen could be a player here too, that like, um, I don't know, injects, injects some offensive skill and injects some speed into the bottom six without being like gritty or being like, a, a, like a, a veteran leader or some stupid bullshit like that. So uh, that being said, as much of a luxury as he is, I would probably almost, and I might be berated for saying this, but I would almost rather like call up like a Dylan Holloway for a playoff run rather I than, rather than, agree. rather than look outside yep. of, of the team. So if, if they're not taking it, if they're not getting a defenseman, um, I don't want to see them get a forward unless it's Kubelik because I'm a big, I'm a big Kubelik guy. I've always been a big Kubelik guy. I think the, the the biggest thing for me is, and there's a couple points I'm going to make before we move on to the like overall NHL stuff. Um, but the, the 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 biggest thing for me is I I actually really believe in this forward core quite a bit. Oh. Can you still hear me? Yeah, you froze okay, a good. little bit, but okay, we're good. good. Um, I believe in this forward core quite a bit. I, 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 I think that the the play though is they they have to get rid of a lot of they have to get rid of a lot of the dead weight. Um, now I I don't mean to be mean to a lot of those many damn bodies. Yeah, I don't mean to be mean to a lot of those bottom six guys, but like I'm sorry, like Josh Archibald just doesn't make sense on this team. He makes 1.5 million dollars as a and is a fourth liner that does not make a difference whatsoever. Um, you look at a lot of the play from last night. The shots were completely in Detroit's favor when he was on the ice. Same can be said for Zach Cassian. And Zach Cassian, like once again, we are not seeing this like uh this this uh this crazy uh playoff style Zach Cassian yet uh, and I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think that it's there anymore I'm I'm sorry but that's just the case um so I, I that's the biggest thing for me is I want to get rid of dead weight and same with no offense to him but Tyson Berry like I just I don't see a universe where they can play Tyson Berry 20 minutes a night Going into the coupler, you know, going into the third round. So if they could move off of someone like Tyson Berry, and they could get that money off of their hands, and they could put it into a guy like Justin Braun or a guy like Carson Soucy, then that's that's exactly what would be preferred more than anything. Um, now going back to your point on the goaltending, a lot of people are kind of pointing at like, oh, you know, uh, Ken Holland should make a move for a goaltender. Who is honestly available right now? The only guy that I can think of that I would be virtually into that probably wouldn't cost very much, actually would probably cost like a first-round pick at this point, is Anton Forsberg, former Edmonton Oiler, but like plays for Ottawa right now and has an insane save percentage on the stinky Ottawa Senators. About the only goalies that you're hearing their names be shopped are like Marc-Andre Fleury, Forsberg, and Jake Allen out of Montreal. And I think that any goalie you go at at the deadline this year, just given the market, is going to be a massive overpay. And it's not worth it because... Like Anton Forsberg, as good as he is, like on a bad Senators team, is that lightning in a bottle? Historically speaking, he hasn't been 
fantastic in terms of his numbers. This to me seems like an outlier of a season for him. Yeah, so, I agree. Why would you? Why would you set, spend the farm trying to get this guy for, you know, try, in an attempt to catch lightning in a bottle when your current options and your Stuart Skinner option are likely better in the long term? Ax that. Jake Allen is going to cost a freaking arm and a leg to get out of Montreal. He's older, um, has, has a pretty decent cap hit as well. Uh, I don't think that he fits into the future of this team, and I don't think that he's as big of an upgrade as people are saying. Next, Marc-Andre Fleury makes too much money, is too old. Is Probably gonna, is not going to wave to Edmonton. Is too. not going to wave to Edmonton and is going to take a massive amount of, of return to get him out of Chicago. No, next. So there's your answer. Oilers don't need to go after a goalie. And uh, I think opinion. that I think Miko Koskinen actually put it the right way. Um, yeah, this is def- a good sound like, bite. Like defensively, like defensively, Jay Woodcroft has made it a lot easier on Miko Koskinen to make saves. And, and and that's all you need. That's really all you need. I'm I've I've said this before. I'm not asking for Vesna level goaltending. I'm just asking for a guy to make a save. Make so, a save when needed. Make a save when needed. Nolan, this is just something I wanted to bring off. This is a Bob Stoffer tweet. Uh, in the Jay Woodcroft era, the Oilers are 10-5-1. Connor McDavid is 10-14-24, good for a plus 9. Leon Dreisaitl is 6-13 for 19 with a plus 13. Evander Kane is 8-5 for 13 with a plus 6. Derek Ryan has 11 points and is a plus 7. Yamamoto has nine points and is even. Six of those are goals. Darnell Nurse is two goals, seven points, and a plus 13. So when you're looking at, uh, I don't know if I'd consider, when I'm making the statement, I'd say, like, I don't think Evander, uh, Derek Ryan, or Yamamoto are key pieces of this Oilers team, but they're certainly complementary, right? Totally. And to be seeing the numbers that they're putting up while Nuge, while Pugliarvi are out, who are more of the heavy lifters, is extremely um inspiring mm-hmm. to say the least so again i think that like you mentioned with the structure changes that they're making as a team um and like the goaltending that we've been getting from these guys and the ability they have and the quote that i was mentioning from uh from koskinen was that one where he was saying it's like well it's you guys like to the media who, yeah who, who keep saying that i'm yeah. not a that i'm a, a shared tandem goalie like it's nobody's saying that except for the media so like why go out, spend a bunch of money, spend a bunch of assets on a old goalie on an expiring or, un- or unfavorable contract when you have a guy who, let's face it, is playing really well. Ride the hot hand, see what happens, because what do you have to lose at this point? Not a whole hell of a lot. How many games ago were they getting pumped every night? Yeah. and Not very long ago, about 16 freaking games ago, they were getting tossed around every game. So keep Koskin and put your faith in him. Worst case scenario, you have Stuart Skinner called up. And he can do the same thing. So let it ride. We just, the, my, my biggest thing with this team right now, they have to get away from gifting spots to guys. And this goes back to the dead weight comment. Like, I'm sorry. You can't keep on playing Zach Cassian just because he makes $3.2 million. You can't keep on giving time to Josh Archibald just because he makes $1.5 million. You can't continue to, to play Mike Smith in, in meaningful games when he's not delivering. And I swear to God, if we go into Buffalo tomorrow, because Mike Smith will be starting tomorrow, if they go into Buffalo tomorrow and he lays a complete 
I, I know I know this one makes you laugh. A complete blumpkin again. Like <laughs> there's there's no going back. You 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 cannot put your faith into this guy anymore. No. So it's about going with the hot hand and going with the smart decision, and I trust Jay Woodcroft with that. Absolutely. Um, one thing I do want to say, and this has nothing to do with the Oilers. This is just more of a, a toe to so, and not like a I told you so, but just like in general a toe to so. Remember back when we were having a discussion about uh, Martin St. Louis taking over behind the bench in Montreal? And I was like, oh, imagine what that's going to do for a guy like Cole Caulfield. Oh, Have yeah, you so. seen his numbers since yeah, St. Louis took on, over? on fire. Cole Caulfield in 15 games under Martin St. Louis has 10 goals, 9 assists, 46 shots on goal. <laughs> like, com- compared to the season that he was having before St. Louis was there, when, when Ducharme was still the bench boss, insane. So, uh, yeah, I know everything about hockey. I'm the smartest man alive. Um, TNT should probably just hire me at this point. I hire us I, at this point. Yeah, 100%. We should be the official TNT podcast. Um, <laughs> I don't so, know my neighbor's name. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just completely get off track for the first like 25 minutes. Um, Miles, do you want to get into... So I know that we have all the overall NHL stuff. Do you want to talk about just the... Do you want to go right into like the trade deadline stuff and like the player transactions? And then we'll talk about the, the last little bit of stuff and then we'll get yeah. out of here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll work from the middle up, hey? Middle all down right. up. All right, so I'll grab the third point. You can grab the fourth point, and we'll kind of go back and forth. Or sorry, you can grab the fourth and fifth point, and then we'll kind of go back and forth with a lot of that stuff. But um, Thomas Hurdle, the big uh, potential trade bait from San Jose, is not going to be on the move because he just signed an eight-year deal worth $8.1375 million per year to remain in San Jose. Um, Everybody keeps on talking about What an awkward number. It, very weird. I I, th- I think because it comes out to like sixty six or something like that, so sixty five million dollars a year. I'm I'm not entire or sorry, sixty five million dollars in total. So they're looking at the overall number rather than the cap hit. Um, but Thomas Hurdle, very good player. Um, really like him a lot. I think that that's. I mean, the num the number's pretty fair for what he for what he provides offensively. Yeah, yeah offensively, defensively for his age as well. I mean, that that's a guy that's going to be a stud for San Jose for quite a while. Um, yeah, with that being said, they have a lot of contracts on their hands. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're definitely reaffirming that he is like the centerpiece of this team moving forward with this contract. That it's 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 Tomas Hurdle's team at this point. Tomas. Tomas. Tomas Hurdle. All right, Miles, give me number four. Number four, the TSN trade bait board, everybody's favorite uh, ticker to watch this time of year. Uh, threw in the top 10 and then a few names that kind of stuck out to me here when I was doing a little bit, a bit of pod prep today. Uh, and these are their rankings for the top 10, uh, which is just, you know, is, is what it is, what it is. Uh, Claude Giroux tops the list, the Flyers captain and centerman. Uh, Hampus Lindholm. Takes home second spot. Jacob Chikrin from the Arizona Coyotes is there in third. Ben Sherraw is there at number four from Montreal, who is now boop, 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 on the move to Florida. He is now a Florida Panther. Uh, Ricard Raquel from the Anaheim Ducks takes home five spot. Mark Giordano, the former Flames captain and current Kraken captain, is there in sixth place. I put LOL. I don't really know why. Just maybe because he used to be a Flame, but... Um, veteran defenseman addition that you could make a couple of years off of a Norris. 
definitely could help the team. I hope to God the Oilers stay away just because of age and like what else we have on the back end, but could definitely help the right team in the right and fit. He also hurt Connor. And he hurt Connor, which is the biggest factor there. Uh, a guy that I simp for, Jake DeBrusque, is on the board there from the Bruins. Uh, I think I would love to see him come to Edmonton, but I, man, he's going to, Boston is going to want the bag for him. Like Boston I mean, is going to want the King's ransom to get this guy out of town. They're also challenging for like a top three spot in their division as well. Like they are nipping, they're nipping at Toronto's yeah. butt cheeks right now. So <laughs> it would need to be a very uh, enticing. Yeah, they would need to, to be to blown pry, away to pry him. And he's been Boston. awesome. He's been awesome since he, he has the trade. Yeah. He's been great. Yeah. So let him come to Edmonton on his own accord on a team friendly deal. And we'll see what happens. But, um, to resign yes at bully rb before we do anything like that Absolutely. anywho uh jacob middleton what team is he on i oh he's on san jose san jose yeah right so he's there in eighth spot uh cal Yancroc, who actually just what <laughs> cali yarn we do cal Jancroc. we do this every time <laughs> dude have a normal name what do you want from me why can't you just be doug <laughs> doug yarn doug smith Doug from Smith. Abernathy. You don't want him to be from Sweden? No, Abernathy. Uh, home, home of the Motherwell House, Nolan. Well, for, for all our little history nerds out there. Uh, so, yeah, he actually just left Seattle to go to Calgary. So, good on the Flames. Flames fan Kyle sent a smiley face with, I'm not exaggerating, 14 uh, brackets to make the smile he's very very happy great move for calgary that's a great move for calgary and that's another example of a good team making moves to better themselves they're doing they're getting they're out there finding talent and they're making their team better and it pisses me off makes me freaking sick Uh, so that rounds out the top 10 a couple other players that were on the list uh, whose names stuck out to me colin miller mark-andre Fleury, max domi andrew Kopp. Brock Besser, JT Miller, and Tampa and Toronto's first round picks. Um, Nolan, rapid fire question. Uh, out of those like extra names or names on the list, who would you like to see become an Oiler most? Give me two. Because oh, um, well, like Jacob Chicken first. Yeah, like Jacob Chicken's like the obvious one. Um, so I give think... me two non-obvious ones, is, I guess is the question that I was Okay, so was I, I, you know how much I love Hampus Lindholm, and I would mm-hmm. do just about, I would be doing backflips uh, if they somehow acquired Hampus Lindholm. Uh, Ricard Raquel would be another incredible one. Um, I mean, it, like Andrew Kopp would be really cool. Um, I, I really like him, despite the fact he plays on Dirty Winnipeg. Um but yeah, no, I, I would say that like my two big ones, if if there was a, a realm of possibility for a Hampus Lindholm, Ricard Raquel deal, I would move just about the sun and the moon for that. If Anaheim would do it, of course, like clear out a bunch of salary and then send them a bunch of picks. Yeah, I agree with all of your statements here. I guess what I ultimately just brought up the question because I, I wanted to say I'm low key intrigued by Max Domi. He's uh, the only problem is his salary. Um, Too so much. I, I don't think he would make a lot of sense on Edmonton. I, I could absolutely see a sleeper deal of him going to Toronto in some weird way of them moving around their cap hit and also just for the just for the memes of it of, of it all. The you dome, know, domey jersey sales. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's looking like Claude Giroux is either going to be an Av or he's going to be a Panther. Um, oh, that's disgusting. 
I would put my money on the Panthers. Everybody is kind of pointed to the Panthers, so I would say that they're going to make it work because like Ben Sherratt still went for quite a bit, and they still have Owen Tippett and some more stuff in in the cannon ready to fire at Philly. So um, a lot of these guys are already are already making moves. Um, as you mentioned here, Colorado's already busy. Yeah, so Colorado has been busy. Um, they moved Josh Manson, defenseman from and uh, son of Oilers assistant coach, uh, brought him in from Anaheim, and they also traded out Tyson Jost. So I think something's cooking in Colorado as well. They're freeing up space and they're freeing up roster spots um, to, to to make something happen there in their forward group, especially with Landeskog going down for what's going to be an extended period of time. They've obviously got to bring in some, some more talent to play around some of their pieces there. That being said, I'm a big Tyson Jost guy. I think that he's a very good hockey player, and I just don't think that he's had the opportunity in Colorado to like show what he can do. I don't want to say like overshadowed, but maybe a little overshadowed, maybe not the right role for him. Uh, so a resurgence on a really good, a resurgence opportunity on a really good, talented, wild team, I think is is great for a young player and, and a good guy overall. So shout out to Tyson Jost uh, getting things going there in Minnesota. And that was, and that was also a pretty good deal for Colorado as well, because they got Nico Sturm. Nico Sturm's a little bit bigger, but, uh, and a little bit older, but he plays really well in a bottom six he makes role. Like where seventy seven hundred fifty thousand or something yeah, like he that. Makes, like, yeah, he makes dirt all. Like he makes absolutely nothing. So the... seven hundred fifty thousand dollars is nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as like doctors you, and nurses are just like cringing. Bitch. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it. I, I think that I, I. I like the fit for Colorado as well. So it just kind of goes along with their overall like analytics background and stuff. So. Really good to see that. Um, Daryl Sutter? Yeah, Daryl Sutter. Speaking of Calgary, uh, I'm talking about how they're loading up for the arms race. Daryl Sutter had some comments uh, to the media. Probably the nicest thing an NHL coach will ever say about an opposing team. Uh, Yada, yada, yada. Essentially, whoever plays Colorado in the playoffs is going to be wasting eight days of their lives, i.e. you're going to get swept, LOL. Yeah, um... That's nuts. Yeah, yeah. And he also said this in like um, the shirt that he was like a Calgary Flames team issued shirt, but I don't know if it was unzipped or if he had it ripped. But it's like a check out my deep V. It looks look like to it. Um, it looks like uh, you know those you know those shirts that cyclists wear. Yeah, it yeah, does it look lo- very Lance Armstrong. Yeah, it it lo- it does. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean he's throwing he's throwing on compliments to. Uh, to a fellow Western, Western, I mean, I think that's what everyone's hoping is the Western Conference Final besides us because we want to go to the Western Conference Final more than anything. So shut up, Daryl. <laughs> shut up, Daryl. Daryl bending the knee to Joe Sackick there, though. Daryl also uh, going to get thrown in a coffin when he plays the Oilers in the first round. That uh, probably won't happen. Oilers are going to be second. Second that's in the division. True. Who are we have to play? Probably like. I don't even know. Probably. We're gonna we're gonna get Dallas, your favorite team. I mean, I kind of like that matchup for the Oilers. Me too. A young, fast team taking on an old man team. Okay, Miles. I also just wanna... I also just want to see Tyler Sagan get rolled. Anyway, um, yes, Nolan. The Tim Hortons Heritage Classic was held, the thousandth outdoor game of the season, in Hamilton between the Leafs and Sabers. It was a five-two win for the Sabers. Thoughts on the game, thoughts on the fits, thoughts on Austin Matthews cross-checking Rasmus Dallin in the head. 
What are you thinking? Um, so, Miles, did you watch this game at all? Fuck no, dude. Why am I going to watch another outdoor game? I don't care about either of those teams. Okay. I'm sorry. I hope you can find a clip of Lindsay L singing the national anthem. <laughs> We so we were so I was watching it with Jay again. Shout out Jay and Chris ended up coming home. Shout out Chris and obviously Chris, big music and big uh, production guy. And he, we were watching it and he's like, "Oh man, she she is flat. She is flat. That doesn't sound good." And then when she was going into the highs of Star Spangled Banner, because obviously she left O Canada for last, she's going into the highs at the end of at the end of Star Spangled Banner. You can hear her voice quiver like and he says oh my god she's cold she can't sing anymore she's she's done she's done and then she sings oh canada at like half the pitch that she sang star spangled banner at so was it like a was it a sound issue or was it no it was a it was like a a hurt like her voice couldn't do it like her voice ran out oh shoot so she must have been sick or something eh? i don't know or she was just trying way too hard with star spangled banner and blew out the rest of her voice for oh canada which is too bad because Lindsay L is a fantastic performer and is a rank guitar player. Well, shit happens when you party naked. <laughs> um, Miles, what did you think of the uh, of the of the pregame fits? So this is my favorite thing about the outdoor games is seeing the fits that the teams go in with. Um, woke, in my opinion, was the because like woke and broke. Woke, in my opinion, the winner of this weekend was uh, the Flint Tropics like 70s basketball look that the Buffalo Sabres had. Thought it was funny. Thought it was cool. It's a Will Ferrell movie. It's a bunch of hockey players doing something stupid. Being uh, classic hockey players. Being classic hockey players and excuse to like wear a headband with a mullet. Cody Eakin. So we like to see that. Um, Broke, in my opinion, was the construction workers of the the maple leaves like what is that about is hamilton just a city that's consistently under construction or they because they call it the hammer apparently oh okay cool and it's like a steel town i guess yeah Um, okay so that's fair but like they looked like prison convicts like wearing that much orange so um the first thing i was gonna say i'm prison i'm prison austin (laughs) the first thing i was gonna say uh, on the Flint Tropics uniforms, there is a really funny tweet from Down Goes Brown. It was like, uh, find someone that loves you like the NHL loves to represent 15-year-old Will Ferrell comedies. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, oh my God. Yeah, that's my personality is, is 15-year-old Will Ferrell comedies. So I guess it works. Um, and then the second thing I was going to say is I, I thought it was really funny seeing... Um, seeing everybody dressed up in their in their in their fake uh, construction worker valor and oh. the last one seeing austin matthews with this freaking earring and then just has a and then just has this fanny pack around just like completely throws off the look oh dude he was trying so hard to be like kim kardashian in in caution tape at the mess <laughs> or something like that like he was trying way too hard to make that outfit work which like respect because i do like some of the fits that matthews pulls off i think that he has like pretty good style in general but like the construction worker outfit like come on boys like whoever thought of that one whoever was the brain trust behind that one matthews uh really needs to go back to the drawing board and figure it out because they could they could have done something way better that reeks of an 11 million dollar tavares do you think so oh definitely he's so lame 
He's definitely, <laughs> hey guys, uh, I was thinking uh, maybe we can all dress up in uh, construction. Uh, actually, I, th- I think I think he actually was. I actually, actually think he was the brain trust behind it. Because like his uncle or something like that is a is a construction worker of some sort. Or it's, a welder. Or to whatever. me, it that seems like that's Mitch Marner and Matthews just like, <laughs> like yes, wouldn't it be funny? So, I don't know. But if you read somewhere or heard somewhere that it was Tavares, that's also extremely believable, but overall poorly executed. Um, neither outfits held a candle to what we saw in Nashville, Tampa. Oh, yeah. Those were like, those were, those were total king shit. Significantly better. And I was making fun of the leather jackets and band tees, and I would give anything for Toronto to have done that. Um, Miles, what did you think about the cross check? <laughs> um i don't know i want to know what happened like what led to that because it's 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 very rare for matthews to go completely mental like he's not that kind of guy and like something's got to completely cross for you to hence the or uh, pardon the pun cross check a guy in the side of the head like as a star player so it was i think mm. it was more along the lines of like he was just kind of you know you know when just guys just jostle at the net sort of thing and i guess from when matthews was in the buffalo net um darlene kind of gave him a shove right uh sort of gave him like a shove right into the net um i mean it was jar- like it was going back and forth and that's fair like you're gonna get a lot of that stuff and that's just kind of hockey bullshit and I can understand Matthews getting frustrated because it does seem like he does get mauled quite a bit, kind of similar to how McDavid was for a while before McDavid started getting calls. But yeah, you just like he got him right in the neck. Like that's a dangerous, 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 gut, like gutless so, play. And the, I don't like that. I disagree with you in the sense that like it was just two like two guys pushing back and forth in front of the net. Like you can see him kind of like snarl grip his stick and push upward like because Darlene is taller than him right like he had to he wasn't just trying to like give him a hard shove like fuck you he was like that was a there was there was some malicious intent behind that oh 100% I think that there was a lot of frustration behind that is what it was I think a guy just kind of blacked out and he was just pissed off with not only with how he's been treated like like by the refs but also the outcome of the game right right and how there's how things are we're arguing the same point but yeah, yeah um gross to see from matthews definitely not his character as a person throughout his career and yeah i've got two games for it which fair like i saw a tweet and it was like marshawn gets 13 if he does this Oh, a hundred percent. And it's, it's, I can understand where some Leaf fans are coming from where they've seen like Zidane Chara do a version of this multiple times and, you know, Chara will get like a $5,000 fine. Um, but I think that there's always, when it comes to suspensions in the NHL, you can't, um, they're not mutually exclusive, if that makes sense. Like you have to sort of take it case by case basis. And while Department of Player Safety, I think does a terrible job a lot of the times, you, this is just a play you just have to suspend Matthews for, and you know at least it shows a little bit of snarl com- or snarl snarl coming out of the guy because um, you know it's you you, you do want to see the guy kind of go for it, and but that's like I said, that's a really dangerous play, and that's something that really shouldn't be in shouldn't be in hockey. Yeah, he knows better. He won't do it again. Yeah, Nolan. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to say? I don't think so. I think we I, I think so. we I think we tied it up very nicely actually. 
I think so too. Uh, because next week, Nolan, well, coming up this week, because again, reminder, we are recording this on a Wednesday. So tomorrow, the Oilers play the Sabres. And then on Saturday, early game here, the Oilers play the Devils. And then I don't think they play again until like next Monday or Tuesday or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I figure, well, we'll probably, we'll probably talk about it after we record, but we'll see because as much as I do want to get back to recording Sunday, Monday is also the trade deadline. <laughs> so And Monday they play the avalanche. So. Yeah. So it might be a better idea to do our last like midweek recording because obviously like I, like I mentioned at the top of the show, like now that we're on daylight savings time, Miles and I are now two hours ahead of each other. I'm now two hours ahead of Miles, so it's far later for me at this point. Um, so helping my sleep schedule would be much, much preferred. So we might get back to recording Sundays. But anyways, Dude, like I da- said. Daylight savings time is so freaking stupid. I lose I lose you and gain something out the other way and it's so like i can i can why why am i stuck in the middle of a bad situation miles is just telling me can you please move back to regina and i'm like hell no miles sorry i, I told i, I told you we're, we're heading west we're not heading oh, oh we're heading west to edmonton okay yes we're gonna we're gonna live in the Mercer basement right across from Rexall, or sorry, right across from. Rogers. Oh yeah, we're, yeah, we are gonna live across from Rexall. Yeah, we're gonna live in a fucking shoebox and get attacked every day coming home because that is a sketchy Wayne Gretzky Boulevard. Yikes! Good times, Nolan. Yes. Two games coming up this week. How do they do? How do they do? I got I got faith. Two and zero. I got uh, I got one and one faith. What the fuck, Miles? <laughs> <laughs> you can't always get what you want. But Miles, the last time we disagreed, I was correct, so that's all right. Yeah, so ho- hopefully we can make a little bit of a uh, make make a little bit of a habit out of it. Let's uh, let's let's please please beat these two stinky teams. I'm begging you, Mike Smith. Have a good game, but I... not too good of a game to make everybody think that you're a starting goaltender. Um, be serviceable, my let's do my this. young friend. Let's do this and let's go into this trade deadline because this will be the last. This will be the last one before the trade deadline. Please, Ken, do not disappoint me. I cannot deal with this, and I swear to God, if I hear a press conference, um, on Monday saying either you can't go for it every year, or um, Josh Archibald and Zach Cassian are are our trade deadline pickups, I'm going to scream and pull my hair out. If I hear dollar in, dollar out at the trade le- at the trade deadline presser, I will hook an IV of Smirnoff into my body. I will uh, I will snort magnesium with a dollar bill. <laughs> dollar dollar bills, y'all. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the twenty third episode of season two, the one for one podcast. It's been a wild ride. It's been an enjoyable episode. I had a lot of fun. Hope you had a lot of fun, Nolan, and I hope you had a lot of fun listening to it couple big games as mentioned we're looking forward to it and nolan as always go oilers go go oilers go